Cameras rolling and the batteries are going. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Lizzie and Random in the Midnight Hour. While you're going through your cosmic existential crisis of wondering what this life is about, we're going through a galactic journey, so just have a smooth, silky ride down a sonic highway of vibrations. I feel like that happens because people who are awake at night, they always say your mind, a different part of your brain works. And I feel like because I'm the type that like wakes up at 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. And then I either I do a show or I go do some kind of podcast. I just find that my lifestyle is different because of that. And I wonder if there's some sort of discriminatory thing like to me, six or seven in the mornings when I have to go to the store or do those things. That's nighttime to me, but it's like one third of the world works at night. So why can't there be arcades and bowling alleys and baseball games at like two in the morning or four in the morning? Because they're working. They don't need to go to baseball But that's what I'm games. saying. The whole structure. No, but that's what I'm saying. The whole structure of work is clock in at six and clock out at five and nighttime is eight and stores are closed by 930. Why can't it be you wake up at 8 p.m. and because normal people you go are... to work from like 11 a.m. or you go to school? Circadian rhythms affect most people. And when you see ultraviolet light, blue light in particular from the sun, it wakes you up. It releases chemicals in your brain, hormones that make you awake that's what circadian rhythm is most people are affected by that unlike you you have a unique thing where the brightness makes you tired and the darkness wakes you up well most people are the opposite my circadian rhythm has been fucked my whole life from two months old on just be awake at night and i wonder if that's that has something to do with mental illness or lifestyle choice of it reminds me of that show insomniac with david tell what i love the most about that show was just how he was able to find stuff because you can find like pool alleys open at like two in the morning or three in the morning or bars or strip clubs and stuff like that but to find like museums or like natural history things or reservoir parks that are well lit at like four in the morning i was fascinated with that show because that was the kind of life that you know now it seems like I'm living. Unfortunately, I just can't find the belonging because it's like the characters you meet at three in the morning are way different. They're polar opposite. It's like 3 p.m. people are the or it's the same people. It's just like that's their shadow. What if that's what it is? Daytime, you're supposed to be all happy, dory, whatever. And nighttime, you're supposed to be a whore or you're supposed to do all the drugs you want to do or you're supposed to get in violent fights or you're supposed to just be crazy and cry that you don't know the meaning of life and existential dread you know what i mean like i think you can do that during the day that looks weird at the office (laughs) i had this thing and i didn't even know this that i thought airports were open 24 hours and i would when i first started traveling for performing in my early 20s I was like, you know what? I have a five in the morning flight. Instead of getting up, I'm going to the airport and I'm going to just like pub crawl. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to meet people. I'm just going to be getting, this is when I was still a drinker, by the way. If for those who don't know, I don't really drink anymore, but I was a morning, afternoon, night drinking person. 
maybe that's why the rap career didn't work. <laughs> I'm starting to think of it in my head. The first time meeting my manager to do Southwest Festival, I'm just drunk at seven in the morning on a Sunday, just saying, hey, what's up? I was, But yeah, what I was saying is the airport started closing and there was last call. And I noticed that also with train terminals, I would have to sleep at Penn Station because the clubs I would perform at in the city, the show, like I would do evening show like 8 8 30 then i would do a 1 a.m set also but it's like the last train and the last plane and you can fact check this is at like 11 30 maybe 12 but why aren't there airplanes and buses and trains that go at like three in the morning four in the morning two in the morning i mean i just explained why it seems like my life is just trying to it's like going around humanity that's what i feel like my life has to be because of just my fucked up circadian rhythm or my fucked up mind or my fucked up lifestyle or my fucked up environment my fucked up something but it's like getting so drunk that the alcohol will last me until like seven in the morning when they start serving alcohol and you know what i mean my flight back to jersey or pennsylvania yeah, I remember that one time it was the last call at the casino and you freaked out. Because it's a fucking casino. Yeah, and it wasn't that late. Oh my God, that's why you... I didn't know cruise ships existed before I met you, but that's my fascination with fucking cruise ships. Well, no, they still close down, but it's like... the For fact like that two the, hours. But the fact that there's still 24-hour casinos and bars and smoking areas and shit to do at like two in the morning like you can just get out of your cabin and start walking and there's like bright lights and shit that kind of lifestyle it's like it just either you're you're wired that way or you're not like because some people like i remember it drove me crazy to be in newark airport and everything's closed down and i'm just sitting by myself not a phone, and I realize I'm looking out a blank window, and it's gonna be that way from like 11 p.m. till 5:30 p. a.m. And I was like six hours, and it, I feel like that expanded my understanding of like time. Where now, like a three-hour train ride means nothing to me, whereas before that was like, oh my god, what the fuck am I gonna do by myself for six hours? Wait till you take a 22-hour plane that's i'm terrified of that. i know because it started you off slow with europe it was like you're like oh my god what am i gonna do for eight hours i was like bitch go to back, india i know the flight back that that's why i <laughs> go to tokyo I drop thousands of dollars to have a flight in between like when we were gonna go to egypt i said i'll pay if we just stop in morocco just to have a seven to eight hour flight and not a fucking 15 hour flight yeah i don't know why i know but then you have to go through the airport <laughs> it's just because just the way that I am, it's like being, I have this thing where when I'm on airplanes, the first few times, like if I haven't flown in a while, I just, it feels like tripping to me and I get scared. I just start getting anxious because like I'm literally off the ground and in the sky and I just start feeling like hallucinating, like it's just a drug trip. Like I feel like like when you first start taking mushrooms and they kick in and you feel like yourself, you're starting to be hoisted up. That's how I feel. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's like if you really needed alcohol, like, you know, when you are like, fuck, I need a drink. Would you rather be on a plane that it's four hours, no alcohol or 12 hours, no alcohol? Like, what the fuck would you do? I wouldn't be in that position. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is you don't control if you're in that position. Yes, I do. Bring like, the little bottles like Burt Kreischer taught me. Maybe I have too many dependencies on certain things to where it's like. Like, normal people don't have that, you know what I mean? Normal people don't travel with, like, 
And I don't know if that's indicative of if we have a toxic relationship or not, but the fact that I'm like, okay, I have antidepressants, antipsychotics, anti-anxieties, and mood stabilizers, and all these things, like a, like a trail mix of pills, just like when I'm going in public, in case like, oh, I might need an antipsychotic, or I might need a fucking um, anti-anxiety, or I to. might need a... No, I'm saying like the amount of different medications I Me travel too. with just in case. It just feels like I'm a pilot in a cosmic space orbiting my body. And it's like, okay, we have too many downers. We need an upper. Okay, two hoppers. We need some downers. All right, now we need some balancers. You know what I mean? Now we need some takeaway motions. Now we need some mood stabilizers. Now some antipsychotics. Like, I know, we're and chemists. I'm just piloting. Exactly. I'm piloting a ship at all times. Whereas I feel like, the average person who like goes to India doesn't have that sort of dependency, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But you come prepared. But it's also like, what if that's in its way survival? Like if people are like, oh, I was up all night doing uppers. I need someone with downers. Like you then travel in groups of people that have that. Like I remember when I was working at a hospital, it was 12 hour shifts and the secretary, we would switch back and forth the hospice center, you know, terminally ill, going to die where I accidentally became the hospice doctor because the patients didn't want me to leave, but I didn't have clearance as an assistant. But so they're like, are you the doctor? And I was like, yeah, the assistant one. It's just so I could hold the hands of the patients and like make them all cool with the body bags being going in and out is she would have crazy amounts of fucking like uppers. Like she would have Adderall. She would have, what are the other ones? Speed. She would have caffeine pills and I would have downers like, uh, opiates and benzos and stuff so we would just trade based on the shift that we were taking and it's like that was our bond like we would go to lunch together and he her name was heather she was fucking awesome i remember her last name too it's, i'm sure you did but it's just like that but it, you get what i'm saying it's like if we didn't if i didn't need uppers and she didn't need downers we probably wouldn't have went to lunch and hung out so much I always love when you're taking uppers and downers at the same time. I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm pressing up and down on the elevator buttons at the same time. Because you never know. <laughs> if you take an upper and a downer at the same time, which one is going to chemically outweigh the other one? That's why I wish, and I know it's the new generation things, but Molly, because I call that the sampler. If you take it, it's a little bit of a psychedelic, a little bit of an amphetamine, and a little bit of like an opiate. It's like, you know how like, when you go to restaurants, you you can get mozzarella sticks or chicken fingers or like uh, something else like sliders, but you can also get the sampler, which is a little bit of each of those. I always call ecstasy the sampler for whatever, because it has a little bit. We're of, talking about drugs a lot. Like people are going to think we're drug addicts. We're performers. Know, we're supposed but we to. We don't really I, do that many drugs. What's that's true. I am. It just happens. We're talking about the linear experiences that we've had in the past do you want me to say that more convincingly <laughs> i'm well, not i just kurt i don't cobain like over here i don't like yeah kurt cobain you better stop with that <laughs> he's all of a sudden decided he likes nirvana and it's pissing me off royally no i, I just, love I just, nirvana like for it's fucking... something so prolific people are talking about kurt cobain and i never i knew one or two songs i never knew what the appeal was and now i want to understand what the appeal is i know but it's just like right, you've been like with Tupac. me for five years i've tried to like, make you watch their unplugged album I've no, tried not to... that. i'm talking interviews home videos 
uh, yeah. unreleased songs. That's sure. to me. I'm into all that too. But like, no, but you just like, all of a sudden Tupac like, Shakur. Have you ever deal? wondered why there's so many documentaries about Tupac Shakur? Why there's so many movies? Why there's so many posthumous albums? Why every rapper references? You never wondered what's the allure of Tupac Shakur? Like you've never been interested in it. I mean. I've, before you met me no I'm before i met Tupac you fan. no i'm not not before i met you but after and you showed me the things but when i try to but show you those is, things with no, kurt no, you no, wait until no, now and no, all of a sudden no, you're but, fucking no, wearing what flannel I'm is i'm not wearing flannel Joe, t- tomorrow you probably will be i'm the you same come person. to the door in fucking flannel tomorrow i'm not i'm going to hit you i'm not influenced <laughs> by other artists i just like to see certain things that's where it comes from like I just wanted to see what the thing was about Kurt Cobain. Why everyone thought he was like the greatest thing of his generation. He was. But that's what I'm saying is I didn't feel that way towards him. And I just kind of passed it. So I just one day was like, let me just for a few months see what Nirvana and Kurt Cobain are all about. That's all. And I'm happy that you did because it's been my experience. I've never had a close relationship with anyone who liked Nirvana. Everyone I've ever like been in a relationship was like, eh. Uh, but I feel overrated like, uh, uh and so like i've never been able to bond with anyone over that and i tried with you and you were like eh, same as everyone else it's so not all that of a sudden, though it's like out of fucking nowhere it's not that it's like i've always had an appreciation because i know other people had but it's like i feel like that's what you need in a relationship like you are fascinated with lauren hill mm-hmm. and i only knew her from the fujis up until i was like but i feel like to part of a relationship you say not only what I see in Lauren Hill, but what does she see in Lauren Hill? It's almost like you have to listen to the album a few times. Like for me, it would be like in the past, like Marilyn Manson or something. Not just how you see what Marilyn Manson is, but you see what does he see in Marilyn Manson? Like, I feel like for a relationship, you kind of have to have that with music or movie interests or other sorts yeah. of art or entertainment but then again i am the fucking person that doesn't have family members but has listened to the same album like from a swedish metal band over a thousand times and the same interviews of you know what i mean like it's like i've replaced family and friends with music and just these weird figures that come into my life i know i had to kick you off my youtube account because everything was that Swedish metal band, which I don't know why you're not naming. Because. Anyway. I, don't, I, don't want the, I was like, I don't. I, yeah, that is funny because I feel like they're above like the controversy level. Whereas I could say Marilyn Manson or Tupac, like they've thrown themselves in there. So you don't want to throw them under the bus by no. you talking about them. Yeah. You figure it would hurt their career. <laughs> yes, that <it> you... might. <laughs> That's nice of you. Yeah. It, well, to me, today, when we were in the parking lot if I and were... that song came on. Which one? The one you were like, damn, these satanic pedophiles sure do put out some catchy tunes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these Lil Nas X. Because to me, it's like anytime something is mainstream and just propagated, not it's not like it's organically word of mouth flown. It is propagated. I just have to check what I consider like the credibility and authenticity of it. And it just it seems like it's mirrored of like. He seems genuine, but also it just could be an industry puppet because, you know, it's so I mean, that's what Eminem was like. He wasn't getting by with his positive rhymes. Just make white people look bad. There you go. Fucking drug addict mom. Kill my ex-wife. I take pills, rape people. Oh, that'll sell because, you know, Ice Cube knows the truth of the record industry. He said that when, you know, when NWA were getting signed, and I can say this because this doesn't put anyone under the bus, right? 
NWA, their first song they wanted to be was Express Yourself, you know? Yeah. Express Yourself. And they're like, no, it's uh, Fuck the Police. And they're like, why? And they're like, well, this promotes destruction in urban communities. And everyone, like Easy e they're like, or maybe it was Easy e who said this. They said, what kind of white people would do that? And it goes, these aren't white people. <laughs> anyway, it's weird being in a parking lot with you. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, or in a grocery store with you. You're it's listening to this song that kids listen to that he says, I want to shoot a child in your mouth while I'm riding. Which, by the way, I've tried to do. You can't do that. You either have to shoot and aim or you ride. You can't fuck that way. Oh, I thought he was in the car riding and getting no. head. No, because the verse before is about fucking the dude. Which is hilarious to me. Oh. Like, everyone perceives blessings differently. Like, a drought in a village and a farm where it's destitute. Their kids are starving. If they get water, they're like, oh, thank God. And then he has the lyrics where he's talking about uh, he had some, like, I think it was Finland. Uh, he met a guy at an Airbnb and had a little what, rendezvous. I know it was a white dude. And he goes, God was shining on me. A, or a diamond a week. It was mine. God was shining. Like, so just to imagine him like, oh, God is blessing me with a fucking white European dick. It's funny to me. I, I know. But it, just being in a store or a parking lot with you and I'm trying to get out of the car and you're just like, Damn, these satanic pedophiles sure do put on some catchy tunes. And I'm like looking around because that's a very odd statement to say audibly in a public Not place. Not if our audience is conservative, at which part we'll have to edit out that whole hip hop segment. But if we're in the fucking, who, who are the guys, Ben Shapiro and all those people, then they are satanic pedophiles and fucking sign us. I'll, I'll call liberals satanic pedophiles for the next 10 years. Fucking children groomers. Or... If Hollywood wants to drop a million dollars on me, if the globalists want to put a hundred million, the fucking conservatives, they're racist, they suck, they don't understand culture, they're, they have no good ideas, like, whichever way you want this to swing, let me know. <laughs> Whoever has the bigger bag of money on the table is where I'm going. You're either fucking satanic liberal pedophiles who just try to fuck kids, or you're racist people that your country is irredeemable. That's where I'm at politically. <laughs> Whoever has more money. Everyone's politics are just back and forth of like, if a liberal makes a good point, you're like, oh yeah, fuck this country. Fuck conservatives. Then you hear a conservative make a genuine point, which is hard for them to do. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like now people think I'm, it's, there's no winning back and forth. I say something pro-liberal, say something pro-conservative. I feel like the country could do better. But I also feel like values and traditions should be held on to. Like the good part, I feel like a morale. And I just feel like they're both hypocrites. I feel like liberals just want to burn the country down or leftists rather. Those are more extreme liberals. They just want to burn the country down. They view it as a game they can't win because they're a part of a marginalized group. They form this narrative in their head that there's no good about capitalism. So they want to destroy it. Whereas I feel like conservatives just aren't honest about certain disparities that capitalism may have created that could be fixed if they had a little more compassion. Mm -hmm. Whereas liberals their compassion is based out of manipulation. You know what I mean? They're like, we're doing it because we care. It's like, no, you're doing because you hate rich people. Just be honest. You know what I mean? Just like conservatives are like, we are caring about people. And it's like, no, you're not. You don't give a fuck about people. Just say that. either side cares. No, because they're making too much fucking money. That's what so I'm saying. So sign us, liberals or conservatives. 
I think the people that vote care and I think that they are blinded by the bullshit to believe that the people that they're voting for actually care. And I don't think many of them do. Well, don't hate me. I voted for Kanye West and myself and I am running for president in 2024. Okay. My campaign is just going to be extermination, indiscriminate discrimination. That's going to be my campaign. My campaign is going to be, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or gay or straight or man or woman or trans or what are they, cisgender, get in the fucking camp. Execution. It doesn't matter if you're pro-vaccine, anti-vax, get in the fucking camp. It'll be like a lottery, like how they do jury duty and you'll just be in a camp you know what i'll start with fucking stand-up comics and then i'll move to hollywood celebrities so people don't think that i'm being partisan my genocide has to be very uh what is it very equal yeah my my extermination has to be very egalitarian mark ran for president 2024 jesus i don't exactly i would be jesus if i did that i don't think that's a great platform that would be my only platform indiscriminate genocide that's your platform there's there's no america it's just people owned by china people owned by russia acting like china and people run by non-christian organizations acting like they have any control of these puppets that are in congress that make the laws that and those puppets that are making laws are acting like they're not owned by china and or russia and just pointing the finger at other people saying look at all these liberals it's because they're china owned and everyone's pointing to the conservative oil company people saying look at all these conservatives they're owned by russia conservative oil company I'm not going to mention the name, but there's some comedians out there that do certain shows that have millions and millions and they get paid millions to push very conservative things that may not be based in America. As much as they wave the flag and say they're pro-American, it's Russia owned. Okay. So that would make me the true American patriot or American person is I just, I find America to be a fake Disneyland of things and it just needs to have, you know, no, I don't. I mean, that would make my comedy album, Hitler's paintings a whole lot more prophetic, you know, could you imagine if I became president and then I actually ushered in a dictatorship of extermination because all I wanted to be was a rapper and it didn't work out. And then all I wanted to be was a comedian. And it didn't work out. And then I became what I joked about. is funny because that's all Adolf Hitler wanted to be. Was all Adolf Hitler wanted in his fucking life. Was to be around the socialite circles. And have his paintings in museums. And have people sip wine and go. Oh that's a brilliant one by Adolf. I think he's talking about the unknown nature of reality. I think this painting is about how society seems to lay more on apathy. Hitler's such a brilliant painter. That is all he wanted, but it's just not what God had for him. Mm. It is just not what had... It was handshakes with Joseph Stalin in China. Or Japan, whatever. (laughs) I'm not... I'm running for president, but I don't claim to know anything about it. Nor do I claim to even emotionally invest past just rambling nonsense. You know what I mean? I do. But I I feel like that would be the best politician ever is one that just is like, I really don't give a fuck. Like you have all these special interest groups or uh, advertisements come to you and they're like, oh, our cause, it's liberal or our cause is conservative. And you're like, I really don't give a fuck. (laughs) Just what will make my day easier. You don't think at the fucking 
Joseph Stalin had dreams of maybe being like, what was that movie we saw with the Russian dancer? You remember he wanted to be a dancer, but he couldn't. White Knights. Exactly. You don't think Joseph Stalin's like, man, I want to be a ballet dancer, but everyone will think I'm a queer. So he he does it in secret and then it's not. And then it just doesn't seem to work out or no one wants to fund. You can't be a ballet. You don't have rhythm. And that he got shunned from his class and just pushed out. So then he's at a ballet school for rejects thinking like, oh, this is the underdog story. I'm really going to make it. And they're going to see my spirit shine on stage in this masquerade ballet. And it never happens. And then you just end up killing 90 million people. I, I don't know. I think you're trying to make excuses for your, your platform of genocide right now. No, I'm just saying That's like... What it sounds like. No, in fact, it sounds like I'm open to whatever the universe has for me. I'm not limited to I can only be a rapper or I can only be a comic. I could be whatever God wants me to be, including a nothing that just fucking drifts nameless and performs 200 to 200 people and is never recognized past my own living. Like the second I die in God's fate is the second my name goes and I'll be forever nameless and unknown. That is the legacy of Mark Random or a Random. That was the point. And I said that on the last podcast is my name is nameless because it just it means nothing. If I saved the world like Jesus Christ or I exterminated the world like over time, it just would mean nothing. It doesn't matter. Mikhail Barushnikov is the guy the ballet dancer he would have a badass tiktok right now no because he would be he would have companies pressuring him to get face uh injections or to get their skincare product and he would get so caught up in the fraudulence of business and the politics and they would rival him against other tiktok dancers so much that he would just lose the love for it like i did with rap he doesn't strike me as that kind of a dude you either become bitter and destroyed by society which is that last sketch that i was running by you guys i'm not really going to genocide the world if i became a global leader well it depends what they would have or you be heroic but it's like to me it's very two-dimensional either hero or villain there has to be that's what my whole thing with publishing novels is i want something that's more than just like like a third deity of not a good or evil like something beyond good and evil like god is for the good people the devil is for the bad people but something to the left of that random it's like it's it's more than just half god and half devil it's like a deity for people who they don't want to be with the devil but it's kind of like they're not sure if the god people will accept them so then you go random you know so now you're starting a religion it's like a libertarian thing <laughs> It's the, the libertarianism of religions is randomtarianism. Your deity is random. I'm not claiming myself as a god. I just I just Again. I just have an idea that like there should be a third option. We have to get back to voting in religion like whether you're a god or devil worshipper, there has to be a third party. It can't be this two-party system two-party system for thousands and thousands of years hasn't been working it's a battle between good and evil make it like hungry hungry hippos <laughs> four deities there's god there's random there's the devil and then there's another deity that was a hilarious fucking metaphor you know hungry hungry hippos yeah it's <laughs> just four going at it and it's like god wages war with the devil and random in the devil God, random wages war with the devil and tries to make deals with God but the 
a right deity is something else and all four of them are in battle with each other and try to make peace treaties <laughs> and then we have to choose there's like a four-pronged spectrum you're not just a good or evil person you're good evil random or the other thing would be like deterministic because random represents unknown and chance so deterministic you're you're not god or the devil you're deterministic it would probably be like blue and then deterministic and random are always at battle. Those two are, that's the fucking existential thing that physicists can't even solve. Is the universe all predetermined or is it all just random? So those two are just clashing like Batman and the Joker all the time. Because one energy believes the universe is just all chaos and all random. And the other believes it's all determinism. And then the fifth dimension would have to be the person in the middle who worships God, random, the devil, and determinism. Do you see the fourth dimension thing? And then the thing in the center brings it to a fifth dimension, and then you get into sacred geometry and everything. Okay. Yeah. I just, you don't think that's a great concept of four things? Hungry, thi not hungry just hippos. Yeah. Or Parcheesi. Are you going to run on that? Possibly. I'm going to stand up and be like, here's my thing. Hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> no, it's just, but you don't want to say like, 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 imagine a chart where it says, are you good or are you evil? Imagine if there is a third and fourth option. Are you random or are you deterministic? Are you Mark or are you random? <laughs> God, the devil, Mark, random. Mark and random. There you go. I just laid it out for you. I become... Uh, what is it? Death? No, something not of my dreams, giving my true passion, heart, and love to the world. Um, I become the greatest political figure and the greatest religious leader. And then somewhere I become an astrophysicist in that. And like, but still the name's random. So it does, it just ripple effects. It just changes the world, but it doesn't actually change anything at all. That's funny. Wouldn't you feel more comfortable if you had more than just good or evil to choose from? If you had more than just God or the devil to choose from? I don't look at things that way. Black or white? I don't. I'm talking You're about the, the gray. I, I tell no, I'm talking you about this black the and white and white and black and then gray and then other colors. There's every color. Which side would you choose? Gray. Well, that's random. Well, that's so why you're not I chose praying you. to God. You're praying to random. Okay. I don't. All right. I was just hearing like always sunny in Philadelphia music. Random Mark Random starts a cult, but it's just I don't know. I couldn't. I feel like I don't have the conviction to do that. You know what I mean? Like I would start if I gained a following of PA. I can't take people liking me. You know that. Mm -hmm. But it's like if I started, I couldn't put on the gym like Jim Jones, who was a cult leader. Like every day he woke up and believed this is what the deal is. And he spoke like that. Whereas I couldn't do that every day. It's like my comedy performances. I couldn't consistently deliver sermons like I really believed what I was saying. Because I would just change my mind or feel like it doesn't matter. I'm inconsistently consistent. Yeah, I would agree. And you have no, do you have, like, my aspirations are so, like, macrocosmically grandiose. I'm aware of that. 
which whether it's egotistical or not, but it's like, you don't feel that way. Like you don't want to like become a star or influence the world. You're just cool. Just moving, flowing through life. I want to create movies and music and content and comedy and writings that inspire people and help people get through their day. Yeah. And if like I get to make the movies that I want to make yeah. and like 10 people love them, that's good. I, those 10 people. But then you become the like cult leader to those 10 people. So, but I don't, you don't, I don't care about the crowd size. I mean, it would be great if a lot well, of I people like your movies. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying I never understood visual brilliance until I saw just things you would make. Like you would film a cup and water drop in it and you would, use filters and put it in a certain time dilation so deeply that you would invoke a feeling like you know how to invoke any feeling out of any kind of film direction like oh it has to be from this angle or above and what they represent to the human psyche you're brilliant in that the documentary you made was brilliant unfortunately it was plagued by a poor shitty comedian (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it was brilliant no, it visually. And no, 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 no. The cuts you made were brilliant. Like I said, it was like it was like a sequence of energy. Here's something serious. Then here's something funny. I'm then not here's something funny. Get here's away some... with saying it was visually brilliant. That it is, was. It's no. The angles you used and the locations and people and dynamics. No, were brilliant to me. No, I mean, yeah. Okay, they no. I think they were. They're so not, Mark. It was like garbage on a phone. If people think that that's my brilliance, I would shoot myself. No, I don't know if people think that. I think that's your brilliance. Oh. And because I've also seen other things you filmed. I've seen home movies you've made. Like our vacations and stuff. Like just the way you've been able to sequence it with music. Like you know the editing. That's. But it's not. Not everyone has that. That's just Not one, everyone has that talent. That's just so, one facet of directing. But is, what I'm saying is you seem like if you never became one of the world's greatest directors, you could be okay with that. I would have to be. I mean, I don't... And that's our polar balance is my thing is not being okay with where I am in life. And your thing is like, it just seems like you're just chill. Like, yeah, I could direct a movie, become famous, or just never do it. It's all like, how do you stay that like how do you i don't know i make things for myself like yesterday i made that video in my car of the rain through the crowd through the clouds and the trees like i sacrifice four days before that i made a video where i was hand drawing things and i sent that to you and three days before i i pacify myself with these little videos that i make Hmm. that i don't really show anyone but do you think like pacification is just the way like you just vice your way through life almost like if you you'll never be a rock star legend the one guy but what he can do is perform to a hundred people so if he just drinks every day he'll be okay with that you know what i mean is it really just about like accepting the middle ground because when i talk in black and white all or nothing i'm either the world leader or i'm no one you're like i could be this is it not having the reach to go all black and white 
I have the reach, but I just have other priorities in my life. But that's what I'm if saying. If I just a hundred percent envelop myself into making the movie that I most recently wrote, yeah, I'd get it done and it would be amazing. Yeah. But it's not like all like I'm doing this right now. I'm doing other things. Yeah. I just to me like, but th- what I'm saying is, in my life, I wanted that thing so bad. I sacrificed relationships i sacrificed not having a family i sacrificed like a stable income a stable mental health a stable circadian rhythm like i sacrificed it all to like starve myself just to be at a bus station to just wait six hours in the fucking freezing snow to just perform for 20 minutes for 200 people and then sell a couple albums after the show. You know what I mean? Like I just constantly made the sacrifice. I lived alone and didn't network with people that I didn't feel would achieve that goal for me. I didn't surround myself around anyone I felt like wasn't on the same path as me as like just chasing this dream. But you haven't valued family as much as I have. I put so much of my energy well, because into I family. valued my dream over family over everything over yeah. my own sanity that's yeah. why i tried to off myself be once because it was like the music dream was over it was just done like the movie had just ended and that's that tattoo is that dream ending like to end a dream that started 14 years ago and then like, I know people think it's a gimmick in comedy when I act like this isn't going to work out. It's because I spent 14 years on like a hero's journey to just have it crash and burn the whole way through and then sink in the ocean and then just become rubble and fade into the earth. So it's like to have that kind of optimism, like it's weird. I'll get moments of believing in myself of like, oh, I could actually make it as a comedian or like I could actually gain a rise in some egotistical hierarchy it's like, to me, it just like, it's like I miss that, like that ambition to I'm going to succeed because I don't feel that way anymore. Like, it's like I said, the dream is dead and stand up comedy. I want to succeed, but it's like there's two people and like two kinds of people. But this is through every country. It relates universally of people who chase their dreams. Like that's like almost every like half of movies all movies are because someone chased their dreams all books are made because people chase their dreams so to say you don't understand chasing dreams is like saying you don't understand art like you don't understand museums i'm not saying i don't understand chasing dreams but i'm saying like, that people have priorities and for me and a lot of people a dream is a dream. It's great. You might have the talent and the ability to make it happen, but then you want to have a family or you well, want to be like there. that's like our fantasies. You remember? Like you can just have fantasies in fantasy world and stay fantasies, whereas mine, like I always want the fantasy to become reality. Yeah. Or not always, but in some metaphorical way. I don't think my story is interesting. I think it's one of millions of fucking, what it's that YouTube channel you showed me, like Musicians of New York, and it's like the most talented original things of people who just never made it to me it like it speaks to the amount of people because if you're watching this you have some inkling to want to do something with your life whether you want to be uh, anything you are you're you're watching people on camera trying to achieve a goal or a dream or whatever so it's like we're every person that's watching this or every person that will watch this is in the same predicament of 
chasing dreams versus risking of failing or risking of success. It's no, a very every, universal every topic. Every person is not in that position. Some they people are. are content with where they are. But they, those are the people who chose not to chase the dreams. Every single person has dreams where they want to be a baseball player or where they want to... Every single person. Your mom, your dad, your sister, your cousins, unfortunately, your uncle, all have had dreams in their life. Everyone has. That's what half of Hollywood movies are about. They're either people who chase their dreams so they made the movie or their movies about chasing dreams. Like Batman is a Star Wars is about someone chasing a dream, chasing a goal. Like that's the most universal topic. It's so crazy. Everyone relates to chasing a dream, whether they know it or not, or chasing a nightmare. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I think that people like us are that way, but I think a lot of people are just like, well, I'm just going to go to school. I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to work. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. It's just like practical. Practical. But where would they get the idea of, I want a family and a house? Because the culture around them programmed that that's the dream. The American dream is your family can have food and shelter on one family income. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. People work for their dream, whatever, or the reason they do things, their desire. If I change the word dream for desire, would the conversation make more sense? Yeah. Like your desire. Mm-hmm. Your desire to be good with your family. Mm-hmm. You have a desire to be responsible, to be good and a good influence. Mm-hmm. You don't desire. you. Those are the dreams you're chasing. You get okay. what I'm saying? Like everyone is chasing a desire of some sort. Mm-hmm. So. And for you, it's uh, being a president, cult leader, genocidal rapper. Or just make a movie about it. <laughs> Have Hollywood be that. I could be the ultimate sellout by making a movie about someone chasing a dream and it not working out and fate coming in and they create four deities kind of like and then it becomes like a Star Wars or a Matrix. The Matrix, a movie is about someone taking a journey and adventure to be a hero because they're chasing the desire like it's a crazy universal thing and like like i just pointed out that you don't even realize you're chasing your goals or dreams it's just to me i guess for people who like i relate to paintings more than i would people i relate to books more than i would um people i relate to movies and theater plays more than you know what i mean no i would say equal because i'm thinking of all the crazy people i've met in my life like in mental institutions and being homeless i've learned a lot from people but also you know you're a cinephile (laughs) (laughs) do you hate that that's the word no it sounds so close to pedophile audiophile but you are a cinephile. If I you're, wasn't an audiophile, this entire I've podcast never, would have been covered in I've, a humming noise that you didn't notice. I've never wa- met someone who's watched more movies than, or just the process of creativity than me. Or what if that's your admiration of, like, I admire you. Like, you're my rock star because you can be okay just seeming in the movie American Beauty like ordinary which I don't think you're ordinary, but you could appear ordinary and be okay with that. Whereas mine is a struggle to just be
be something of an influence. And it's like, you admire that in me, whereas I admire that in you. What is it you admire in me? Just this, like, you're okay with seeming ordinary. Because <laughs> you're so extra. Your whole life has been a fuck. You're, that's why. Because you achieved your dreams and goals. Fuck you for saying you don't understand this pot. No, 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 no. Fuck you. You grew up in like a fucking trailer in Nashville where everyone was a murderer and a rapist. And you made millions of dollars and met with celebrities and fucking Trump and Kardashians. Fuck you. You're sitting here this whole podcast. I don't really get it. I don't know. Because you had your dreams. That, then you those, chased your the, nightmares. That's what happened. Those weren't my dreams. I but didn't want to hang out with those people. But it happened. So fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I worked hard for that fucking money. I know. I'm just saying, like, those like you always say. Those people paid me. I know. But because when, I, I had value. To I know. With, but it's like what I'm saying. Like, you, I never achieved that my That wasn't dreams. my dream. You went through the hoops. That of, wasn't my dream. I mean, maybe your dream was just the money. No. Maybe your dream was just the fucking... Why do you think I'm in this broke-ass place with you right now? You think the money was my goal and dream? Really? Or what if you were the faucet to someone's dream? I threw and you were that just a shit vessel. in the fire. I know, because I said you chased your dreams. You had a gasoline Listen, on it. No, you chased your dreams. You got it. I then didn't. you're like, oh, I got I the house, didn't. the mansion, the Escalade, the gold chain. So cliche, by the way. The hot tub. And then you're like, now I'll chase my nightmares, which is a fucking disability apartment. Didn't have a fu- First of all, I'm not a disability apartment. No, and no, second, I'm talking me. Oh, yeah, I'm you. your nightmares. I, I didn't have a gold chain. Yeah, you did. It's silver. No, but it was still like fucking $20,000. It's silver. So, Lizzie DeRazzo, how do you lose $2 million in a year? <laughs> We can add a better. No, you, you you meet this guy, and then you learn that the point of life is nothing financial. It's not monetary. It's all about God and universe. Man. Is that really it? Yeah. Then fuck God and make money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, it just it just. It, when I met you, I had so much shit. I had yes, more shit but than I said, anyone it was so should cliche. ever like I said, have. I said, movie theater in the house. You had like I four said, things. I said, I had a mattress and a laptop. Movie and... theater was pretty badass, though. No, but what? It's yeah, the one was. thing I miss. I miss that, too. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. No, but what I'm saying is like, like hot tub, gold chains, Escalade. Like they rhyme because it's cliche. You were like a hack. You were like... A rapper who's been poor their whole life and then gets a million dollar my- contract. So you didn't know how to maintain that money. But what I'm saying is you had your dreams come true. That then you had your nightmares. my dream. Then you had your nightmares come it true. Was it my dream to make money as obviously a good It was a, a fucking thing. mansion on a hill. Okay. Well, that was part of my dream. And the other part was losing it? No. To destroy someone else's dream? What if your dream is just to destroy people's dreams? I don't want to destroy like, anyone's they dream. dream. Destroy oh dream of having a family and a house, and you're like, I dream of fucking. What if that that was my subconscious dream? Like people, there's half the world dreams of being a home, having a, a house, and other people dream of being a house wrecker. Like that's the principles of the universe. Creation exists with destruction. You know what I mean? You can't have a Will Smith without a Pete Davidson. <laughs> so what are you? You can't have a husband without a side dude in a female's world. You know, 
The side dude represents destruction, but sort of creating out of that. The husband represents stability and creativity, which ultimately leads to destruction. I don't know what the fuck husband you're talking repre- about. Just how women choose the men in their lives of either, oh, that's husband material, that's boyfriend, that's side dick, that's friend shoulder to cry on. How men are just these assigned roles, like genetics. And as much as they try to be one, they can't. You're either a fucking Will Smith or, you know... Because Will Smith is a good husband and possibly good father. I don't know, but just from the vibe I get. That is good husband. Or if he wanted to, Tupac was boyfriend to Jada Pickett Smith. You know, has a gun in his waist. A lot of enemies in the studio more than with the girl who says she loves him more than anything. You get what I'm saying? Like, And is it that way with women? Are there? Well, yeah, there we go. This is this is the rebuttal to the podcast. Remember how I said in life there's housewives and there's mm-hmm. hoes. Ladies, this podcast is for you. There's husbands and there's side dick. That those are the choices. God chooses for men <laughs> whether you're a husband and you just you're stable, you'll do the dishes, you'll clean, you'll work the job and you get cheated on and lose your house or you're the side dick, you never get the house, you never get the wife, you never get the full love experience, but you get the amenities, but you have to deal with the consequences, crazy bitches, trapping, turkey basting, and all that stuff. Men, you're either the husband, or you're the side dick. And I don't think men get to pick. And it and it's a callback to you're either a hoe or a housewife, ladies. Men, you're either a husband or you're a side dick. I don't look at things like that. This is... I know, because, you know, there's certain reasons you don't look at it that way. I don't look at anything black and white the way you do. That, you know, you're right. That's true. It's like (laughs) everything. You're like, it's either this or that. No. Life and people are a spectrum. I joked about being the whole whisper. Except when it comes to gender. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just fucking around. I believe in spectrum and gender by the way i was making a joke i don't feel like a woman look all at the, the time. self-censorship i no, would no, say no, no this is not no i was making trannies. i i was making a joke because the truth is i do feel gender fluid a lot i just need another drink to explain that I, <laughs> I was talking about gender fluidity yeah and how I've felt that way. The cost of chasing your dreams. I don't chase it. It's just something I've felt. And But I feel like everyone has a masculine and feminine side or energy in their body. And it's I just... don't identify as gender fluid. I'm not. I just I'm just me and I'm a chick. OK, I identify as a fucking chick. But I get. I get that. Yeah, I get that too because it's like it's like they are making it like you're either a Barbie doll or you're who was the other guy, the Hercules figure or Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not gonna even say so people could clip out that and use it <laughs> against me, but it's like there's a we're more in between, and that's the thing I hate is liberals want to push like it doesn't exist or no liberals want to push like it's all that exists, but conservatives act like gender fluidity isn't real you know what i mean that's why i'm in the middle of looking at both of them i think they're only saying that biologically it doesn't 
but because it, it rarely does biologically exist so that's the only thing they're saying but, but mentally like, like i've thought of being a man i was like a tomboy for many years but then i got but that's like what all I'm saying, girly like, and i started doing but hair that's makeup, what I, exactly and I that, that was my thing like i wore makeup in high school i know that but picture what, but, made my life when i saw it I no but like, what I'm, oh no that was God, a few that just would, weird sometimes but what i'm saying is it's like I never felt like I'm a woman, like put me on puberty. I felt like a man the whole time. It was like fucking very Rocky Horror Picture-esque because I, I had muscles too. So, and I was wear tight clothes and shit. I told you the first time I saw that movie, I got With oddly makeup turned on. and eyeliner and shit. Uh-huh. Or no, lipstick and eyeliner and just muscles because I would go to the gym a lot. <laughs> it just bothered me when I got extra turned on by that movie. I was like, why? why i think because this is what would turn me on men it's not that it's it's just the raw expression of oneself if they feel that way that's what it was that's what i'm saying like the thing that turns you on the most about me is not like whether i'm doing something sexual it's just how much passion and energy i'm putting into it like i'm putting my all into it like the whole world could watch and i wouldn't give a fuck that is and i've told you that and if my sex tape leaks the whole world is gonna watch you shouldn't be putting it on those Chinese fucking clouds. Like for Marilyn Manson, if there was ever a time for him to say, actually, I've been a woman my whole life, it would be now. I sympathize with Evan Rachel Wood's situation, not the documentary, just that like any time an allegation from 10 years ago, I always wonder, like, is there a custody battle? Because that's usually the time where people want to start blaming other things for the situations they were in is the number one is custody battles because a mother you can't take away from their son or daughter it's just you know what i mean what about the in between son and daughter (laughs) yeah we don't say that anymore remember oh babies (laughs) no but like that's what i'm saying is, is like so i understand lying about past relationships abuse or not abuse in custody i mean i don't think you should do it I understand if custody battles are at risk, saying someone was or was not an abuser to regain trust in that person of, I wasn't crazy and irresponsible as a parent. I just was in a fucking toxic relationship. Like, I understand playing that card. And I was right. She was going through a custody battle of her kid. And, like, then you see, like, also her background is very church-esque. So it's like... I feel like a lot of women, and this is where I kind of agree with liberals, like not to slut shame. Well, I agree with conservatives that sex should be sacred, but it's like, that's where a lot of false rape allegations come from is women that their brain isn't fully developed and they do all these very open sexual things. And then in their thirties, when they want to settle down, they're like, oh my God, how do I describe i was victimized because i couldn't be the person it's like they become a different person no, that and they can't relate all to... the time in my high school or dudes are just a piece of shit i don't know <laughs> it's both but you get what i'm saying like i feel like a guy can if he has sex with a lot of women or make dumb decisions he's not shamed by society right. for those dumb decisions so he doesn't need to make Make an excuse of like oh it was it wasn't because i was just a whore crazy it was i was taken advantage of like i understand that aspect too of like evan rachel wood is a very church oriented person just very family and wholesomeness so it's like how does she explain that to her community and keep her career going well if not marilyn manson as an abuser i just see it as 
I'm a fan of Marilyn Manson, obviously. Just I just see it as he came like two different cultures colliding. And that's that's like all relationships where they have different definitions of like we do. I draw out the lines. I say, this is what abuse is to me. So please don't do it. And you draw out the lines. This is what abuse is to me. Sometimes we've crossed those lines, even like little verbal things I'm talking about. But it's like we you have to have those conversations because what is abuse to her might not be abuse to me. Mm -hmm. And what is abuse to her or me might not be abuse to her. Mm -hmm. So she would be an abuser to me if I used my definition and never communicated that to her, but she wouldn't know it because it would just be normal. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. certain things that were normal in your upbringing or your boundaries were, are not to me. I consider, so it's to recognize that. And I feel like that's what happened is Evan Rachel Wood and Marilyn Manson, they just grew up in these two culturally different things where what Marilyn Manson did, like, just having spontaneous sex wasn't considered abuse, but to someone who it's very cordial and very calculated would consider it abuse. So those worlds collide and they both are confused as to what's happening because he's like, I'm not abusing you. And she's like, I'm not crazy. I'm being abused. And it's like sickly. They're both right. You know what I mean? And then she put out that documentary you were telling me well, about, Well, that was, right? she had to get funding for that because she Because Evan Rachel would. <laughs> I like wordplay. I'm a sucker for it. Also a sucker for any woman who's doesn't appear abusive on the outside, but then be manipulative. No, but I think no, the reckon can't. the recognizing of people have different boundaries and different definitions of what healthy and abuse and or toxic is. And that's something that has to be communicated in relationships. I read the whole thing that Marilyn Manson posted, and it seemed very credible from his lawyers that she would be in financial troubles and custody battles. So anything, but also like coming from a place of wants, like I don't want any man or woman to be abused. I don't want women to be abused. I don't want people to be in toxic relationships. I feel like a lot of people are because they don't communicate. Like they feel like they're being gaslit. Whereas the other person's like, I don't get it because that person doesn't see it as toxic or abusive. Yeah. Yeah. So like one, again, one of the things Evan Rachel Wood says is turning the temperature down. She always had temperature in her upbringing, so low temperatures were abusive. And so, like, technically that would make you the abuser, but we communicate that and we try to compromise or yeah, I just told, fucking freeze. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you told me. Like, yeah, it, but to you to turn a thermostat down or, or open blinds is not abusive. Whereas in my world, like, that's that, like, starts, used to start physical alternative. Like, it's just crazy to do that to someone. It's just my, like, I'm up, so you're going to be up, too. It's my apartment. I know. But you get what I'm saying? It's, like, I mean, I'm just saying, I think what makes people think their relationship is toxic and unhealthy or abusive and they never get over it, they never can compromise, is realizing that people come from two different backgrounds, so they have different definitions of what healthy and abuse are. And I think you need to know yourself and know your boundaries and communicate at them. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to the, the light and the, the heat and cold, we're both miserable. I it's know. never bright I know. enough it's, for me and it's never cold enough it's for never, me and it's I never like dark enough Everything dark enough. and warm. So I'm night and you're day. This is a compromise. No, I know. I'm hot right now. Are you cold? I'm a little bit warmer, but I was fucking freezing. <gasps> I, I'm hot. I know. Well, let's open a fucking window. Okay. Someone. We should use this for sex. Use what? These microphones. 
Why? We just talk to each other like this. Like we could totally just... You know, you might have to over... Because that does sound more pleasing to listen to. You might have to overdub every podcast that we've recorded. Overdub your voice like that. Because I promise you it's much more pleasing to listen to than, you know, the latter. <laughs> your actual voice. There's nothing wrong with my voice. I know, I'm just being cute. I'm just saying when you like some audio on this. Wouldn't you like me to really? You're not tell close me enough to I the feel? mic. Really tell there you how you go. I feel. Yeah. Tell yeah. me how you feel. We can't even get this podcast because of the chemistry that's between us. I get will fucking destroy it. your pussy like an asteroid hit it. We should have sex with microphones and headphones. I mean, that's what I do. I what do you mean that's what you do? I record audio and video of you and then place them over each other. You, Last night I recorded video and audio and then I listened to it and, you know. I'm like a sound mixer for porn. I'm like, okay, there has to be three different Lizzie's in this porn, you know? I know, but if we do it live, like right now, I mean, we'll turn the cameras off. Look at you. <laughs> no, to feel that. <laughs> Do it. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Checking your temperature. I can't. You're you can't fine. feel that? That's not my leg. What is that? That's my dick. Because <laughs> of you saying that. Oh. Yeah. You want to do it? I kind of do. <laughs> Is that how every you podcast put, put, ends? Yeah. You know, you put both your phones in and I just do this the whole time. Fuck. Yeah, you like that idea. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is abuse. I'm putting up my boundaries and you can't cross them and you're wrong for doing this. No, it's going to be the new thing and then you were like, can we please bring out the podcast? Bring out the, the podcast equipment. I need to, like, people who have like the handcuffs and the rope and the whips and chains and the floggers and stuff and the sex swing. They're like... Those people. No. Yeah. Who would be that person? Yeah, you're right. It's like bring in the podcasting equipment. (laughs) Fuck, I'm at full rod right now. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) I mean, that is a good hour 30. No. No, we're not stopping. I want to watch you squirm. That's not fair because I'm (laughs) in front of a camera, so I can't... Like, the things I do that turn you on just, you know. This is a competition. It's like, uh uh-oh, ladies are winning. Like, what if that's what all this fucking weird competitive energy is? It's like, boys versus girls, or men versus women, or males versus females. It's who can just arouse the other one more. And I thought I was doing it by calling women cunts and sluts and whores. (laughs) They're like, oh, like they just start getting wet. That was going to be my whole thing. I was going to play to all female audience and just do my horrific feminist and women material. But they were going to secretly get wet. If come to a Mark Random show and you're a woman and I'll do my whole set about how much women are dehumanized slut savages and just bring it. You'll get a moisty nap to put down at your seat because you'll fucking get wet. You're fucking around. 
what if that's what it, I can be the first male comic that does that? All, my whole act is just these weird, like, aren't women just fucking sluts that love dick so much? Aren't women just sluts that you just come in their fucking mouths? And women are like, ha ha, that's so funny. All female audience. Aren't women just fucking sluts that just want to have dick and just be forced by their throat to suck dick? So now you're trying to be Dane Cook 2.0. Is that what he did? <laughs> No. No, but like, think about it. That's <laughs> he did try to play the. I'm the sexy guy. Because every comic was ugly as shit. Hold on. <laughs> I think this might work though, because female comics do it. All their jokes are really just like dumb peep shows for guys. Oh, this woman's funny because she said pussy twenty times. I could literally say, "Aren't women weird? How they just like to get fucked really hard and fast?" See, I don't have any way of checking your temperature. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that I should just I should just start it. Like I should do all female open mics and see if I could get that material off, see if it would work. My problem is I'd probably acknowledge it in the bit. Stop. I can't. Yeah, you can. I was just kidding. No, you weren't. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> If you're a lady who thinks there's another game show, last podcast we talked about a game show, date Mark Random and see how long, if you're more perverted than Mark Random, let's see that, you know? Because short of a woman who's just a porn star, well, because that's the thing, porn stars, they do, even if they've been in a hundred films, they still won't go to like back alleys and do it. It's like, no, it has to be pristine. Like they've become spoiled. It's like, if you are more sexually perverted than me, why are you putting that energy out there? You're right. If you are more monogamous and committed than me. You, no, you're 100% right. I don't want to put that energy out there. <laughs> Fuck that. The crazy people I already attract being trying to be as unsexy as possible. I'm not putting the, let's see who could be more of a whore. The a whore off. You started it. I that's how abusive you are, is Aww. you start shit, and then I go, yeah, you're right, what about this? And you're like, that's a horrible idea, and then you make me feel horrible about it, not realizing it was your right, but it's such a mindfuck, because it's not realizing- I didn't tell you to ask Coz to come over and hoe it up with you. We just- What did I say I would put on your epitaph? Mark, he for so loved the world, he gave his life to try no. to better it and save no. everyone said, and love and make this I world said, a better Mark, place. How can we use this item for sex random? Because I will buy a fucking scrub brush no. for the kitchen. Stop. I will buy. Why are you what? making me feel bad about not, who I am? I'm not. I'm just. Yeah, you are. I'm not, I, That's no, what you no, are. You're, you making, are... you're making me feel weird for like, oh, we could use this. I'm just doing and your I'm like, thing. Hell yeah. No, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't do that. I was just kidding. You suck. No, I didn't say I wouldn't do it. I just said I'm not going to do it right now. Yeah, but. <laughs> oh, I'll do it. And you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Like, now I have to somehow be more sexual no, for you don't. female fans. No, you don't. If I start fucking like a lamb blow up doll in front of you. <laughs> yeah. A lamb blow up doll. <laughs> that that would be funny. Do you have one? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you go, <laughs> no.
No, I was just wondering why my mouth tastes like weed. I haven't smoked in days or weeks. It's funny the things people think as they're trying to like entertain audiences and stuff. This would be a lot better in front of a live audience if it was like half men and half women because then we'd be like, all right, guys, shout out something that would turn the chicks on. And then it's like, all right, females, say something that would turn the dudes on. And then we just get everyone masturbating. That would be so fucking hot. A whole crowd of men who just then turn to women and they all just start taking their clothes off. So it's like 50 women on this side, 50 dudes on this side, and they just start masturbating. And women are rubbing their tits and rubbing their clits. And then one dude goes and starts fingering his butt while jerking off. And then they're all just doing that. That would make me come so hard if I had that power. That's what I want. I got to stop wanting power for ego or saving the world. I got to just want to have sexual power over every man and woman. Like you two, fuck. Like you guys masturbate in front of you. That would... And then we have a whole room of people that are just masturbating. And then I was like, all right, now think about me when you come. And if I could get them to fuck, if I could entertain an orgy live on a podcast in the name of me. <laughs> we sure, we got to make this I'm, podcast I'm successful. I'm sure it's in your future. And you're just there in your bags with tears, your makeups from tears and everything. And you just have the old 1950s suitcases and a trench coat. I just can't be with you anymore, Random. I can't do it. It's too perverted. You said every woman should be tied up and you had 10 chains in the audience and they're all getting wet. It's just too crazy. But Liz, it's for us. It's your sexual desires and my sexual desires. Look, I made the women say that they were dudes. Like, I'm flipping gender and everyone's all tied up. This is all for you. I just, it's too crazy. I can't do it. I don't talk like that. I know. I just, but you have to imagine of the mascara running from tears that you couldn't do the relationship and you in a 1950s trench coat with the briefcases. Like, you know, the packing their bags and getting on a plane. Mm-hmm. Is that Casablanca? And then I'm just still jerking off to the whole audience and I'm like, no, and I'm heartbroken. And then I come and then I have to be heartbroken to come from that point on. That's something women don't understand about men is if women knew how much they sexually program, you know what I mean? Like no dude starts out with the sex things that they're into. It's always some woman loved them and taught them something new and then did that and that just became their thing. That's not just men. It is. No, it's not just men. It's not just men. Name women other than you that have been sexually programmed. I I don't speak for anyone's and I don't speak for anyone's sexual programming. I believe all people get programmed. I mean, this is just my concept. I haven't Uh Googled it. I haven't talked to a psychologist. So women need to get peed on? No, that's not. No. Lick feet or get uh, pegged and shit. No. That's just all women. Women need to get choked and slapped. Well, they do. That that is. I've been asked to be I say slapped one thing and, sh- and I've asked, you women have asked go. to be choked and slapped so much. Okay. Constantly. Const- like, what do you mean constantly? I'm just thinking like me who are you? Choking and slapping constantly. Any woman that wants it. Okay. Okay. That didn't turn you on? No. Oh. Only you, baby. Oh. 
No. I'm still in the contest in my mind. Oh. No, but do you as a woman understand... Being sexually programmed, yes, I do. Not by trauma, which is how a lot of women are, but just by like... Oh, you don't think you've been sexually programmed by trauma? I can guarantee you. I would you. not say it on the podcast. Because that's not real. Oh, uh, really? No, I'm saying positive experiences. Like, oh, so you're not going to be honest in saying that you've had some sexual programming in your life that you didn't necessarily want that came through trauma. I never wanted any of it. Okay, but... I'm that like, is, but that has happened. I'm like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Me being in the wanting to tie people up, plus twenty years of meeting all kinds of crazy women, have made you know like how Rocky Horror they're all vanilla at the beginning, which is actually just like trans conversion therapy, and then they're all like him at the end. That's what it is. I'm that guy at the end. Because of all the crazy bitches I've been with. So you oh have been time so you have Oh my god, choke me. Oh my god, I don't care if I pass out. Yeah. Oh my god. So many So yes. Know? So yes, you have been programmed through Because it's hot to me when a woman just so gives into that shit. Like, choke me until I pass out. And I choke her and then she like gets off to it, gets me off, and then it just kind of becomes a cycle just these things program or wire sexuality. Whereas I feel like that doesn't happen with women. Like women aren't. Why do you think they're asking to be choked? I'm saying those are. That just came out of their own brain. I'm just saying. Out of nowhere. No one ever actually choked them. And then. I mean, that's from trauma, right? Yes. But that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, or, or, someone trying to do something sexual with them that they weren't actually comfortable with at the time. And then it scared them so much because they just couldn't stop being into it. Like all the stuff I'm into. Yeah. That's I'm that's, just kidding. That's what I'm saying. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like sexual programming is a major thing. And that's For why men, I think no, For, no, or you're, oh you're thinking God. women are, their programming is based in trauma. Whereas no, I didn't talk- say that. You're I saying didn't... choked or something happened to them that made them that's afraid. That's because you brought up choking. I have to admit, probably since I was four years old, I like get my dick sucked. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I am i don't think it was programmed. Like, I would, the first time I got my dick sucked, I wasn't like, oh my God, what are you doing? Oh, and then the wires recrossed. I think that, that was genetic. I think I always liked getting my dick sucked and I just didn't know it until I got older. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's You always it. liked vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Always. but that was programming because I was given one when I was one. <laughs> I think men are more sexually programmed by women than men than women are programmed by men in just normal everyday experiences. First of all, I would take gender out of the equation 100%. I think people are programmed by people and sometimes animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think whatever you have your first orgasms, whatever that involves, yeah, is programming you to like, oh, that's the thing. Like that's the chasing the dragon thing. Yeah, but women it has nothing usually to are do... just like using like a hairbrush or their bedpost or something. Men, it's usually like an encounter with a woman. I, I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of times that it's an encounter for a woman. Like what? Like your uncle just... No, but I'm talking. I'm saying I've been saying the whole fucking show, like not trauma related, just a normal. Maybe encounter. you liked it. 
all fat people have micro penises. There's no way you liked it. <laughs> we have to cut that out. I can't say that. <laughs> Only fat liberals have micro penises. We have to cut that out too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting anything. I say it every time. Yeah. You could have, hypothetically, your cousin come over, male or female, doesn't matter. Have a sleepover. And have a sleepover, and that person tickles you. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, you're an adult and you're into tickle fetish porn. No, I think. (laughs) I fucking hate you. Why? I'll trash this whole podcast. <laughs> I'm not putting it. What? No. It's a hypothetical. <laughs> it's a question. <laughs> oh, fuck you. What? I'm high as hell. <laughs> Are you what? kidding me? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that's less likely to happen to women. Mm-mm. Yes. The person I'm referring to that that happened to is a woman. Who is she? like you really believe that women are not as programmed no i think maybe sometimes trauma can program it and only sexual wiring just they're they're they like sexually come online for the first time like online being a metaphor for their brain wiring so do women that they're in a tits or vagina or whatever yeah so do women. why do you think that women don't have the same thing? Because I just haven't experienced it I have, a lot. as a woman. Who? Me. You're different, though. Oh, I'm different. Yes. So I can't represent women. You, no. No. Honestly, no. Because okay. you, I mean, you can try. I am trying. I think women see sexual, like, fetishes or S&M or kinks like... Like kind of like a take it or leave it. Like, eh, I could have it in my life or I could not. Then I think why for men, were you hired to do that hi- for women? Wired. Why were you paid to From do- another woman who probably thought she for was For other women. No, but but it was it was more so about the experience. You know what I mean? Like but they why wanted would to be, those they wanted people to be need- because Because to them it was emotional. Don't you think that someone probably did that to them for their first orgasm and that's why they would pay you to do that? This can't be like the sex podcast where we're talking about my sex work past. But but it's part of the equation. When you're saying that women can't be sexually programmed as much as men can. I know, but what I'm saying is I think it's not like a dire need. Like a man will go down to like a fucking dirty, broken down bomb shelter to get their sexual needs met. Like face danger and dark alleyways, that's a broken glass. That's a completely separate conversation that we've already had. We're having oh, yeah. we're having a conversation now but it's the same about thing, like, sexual programming. Like, like it's uh, not the same thing. Two different topics. We've already exhausted the first one. We're working so on the second is, one. I feel bad for dudes who have like hair fetish on women because that shit is gone. The whole planet is a race of women shavings. Like they, that's a guy who would have to become liberal because only like liberal chicks won't shave. You know what I mean? So he's like, "Fuck! I really don't believe with the believe in these politics, but I can't find this kind of woman who will." I was in a relationship with someone with that. No, I'm talking hair. Hair, yeah. Like I had to grow a disgusting beard, bush. Yeah, it was gross. 
That's what I'm saying. You're saying it's gross because it wasn't your thing. No guy, if they're a real man, thinks anything sexual is gross unless it's like kids or maybe a dead relative. But everything <laughs> is a green light for a guy. That's not true. A lot of guys would find if some fucking that woman me if, having a like a 70s bush would be gross to you. I would still fuck it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't say you wouldn't fuck if it. Some you wouldn't find it attractive out though. There, right? And she goes, uh, could you just lick my hand for five minutes? Just come to my house. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, but we're, you're, you know you're I mean? changing the subject. The subject no, was saying, about like, sexual, sexual programming. Yes. Okay. So I'm saying uh, for a guy, anything is a green light sexually. That's not the conversation. The conversation is when you're programmed through your first sexual experiences. What about your last sexual experiences? That program you took? raped and killed. It, that... I was just making a joke. Yeah, it's hilarious. Sorry for the ladies. People. This is to the... This podcast is for the female demographic. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be... I think that would be fucking weird. We would be the anomaly. If we had an all-women audience, it would fucking suck so bad. <laughs> it would be hell. <laughs> hell on earth. But... It would be a weird selling point that it's kind of like that those few comics that they're white guys who have all black audiences, you know, like there's certain comics that so it's like that's their selling point. It's like this guy can only do black rooms or just has only black fan bases as a white comic like that's the in black people's mind. That's the white guy they elected to hear white people shit from. It would be so fucking strange if this became a woman's podcast network. That would suck so much dick. Because, like, we're in our minds assuming, because we're saying fucked up shit, that guys are going to like it and a decent amount of women. But if it were all women, like a fucking home shopping network or The View, if this became the new View, I would kill myself. Okay. If we, if it was the live tour that I said, oh, it would be so cool if we had, and it was just all women... I would kill myself so I wouldn't cheat on you. <laughs> You're so sweet. That's self-sacrifice, baby. You're so romantic. It's, I would develop a porn addiction. Aww. So all the women in the audience that are like, I have a crazy fetish. Here's my hotel room. I'd be like, no, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless they offered me free medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Yeah, I was getting too much into Will Smith territory. I had to fucking swing it back the other way. That is complete bullshit. I can't imagine how many underground rappers have that. I have the. I want that Will and Jay to love on their mixtape, and they're like, "Fuck," you know. <laughs> kind of like if they had like to the girls on R. Kelly, because before his convictions and everything. So they're just looking at their mixtapes like, fuck. I said, I want that Will and Jada love. Exactly. Be careful that... what you wish for. This is internalized sexism. I'm aware of that. And I feel like even saying that term is like a dog whistle to liberals. But I just realized, like, I just biasly in my mind is like, oh, a bunch of dudes are going to like me. But I never conceived what if I play to all women. Like, I'm the guy that female comics view as they want to know man stuff from. That would suck so bad and I would kill myself. I would cut my, I would slash my wrist on stage 
I highly doubt that's going to be your demographic. No, but I mean, like, what if they just picked me because they're like, we don't like him, but we be- we want to know what is in the man's world and we trust Mark Random to tell us because I fucking will. That's why women have loved me. I mean, not beyond sexual. Women have loved that I will say the things like, like, men don't really give a shit about your Me Too blog. They're lying to you. That's extremely offensive because it's like a male secret. Like a woman who's like, oh my God, he, my boss, he, he rubbed my shoulders. Any guy that's like, oh, I can't believe that happened is full of shit. And you know it, <laughs> you ladies know it. You just like the sympathy. So you go along with it, but you, you really don't realize that that dude is just preying on you the same way your boss was just with sympathy. His hands were on your shoulders. His are on your arms, but they're still going in the same direction towards your tits. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But like, so women would trust like, okay, Mark Random is triggering and makes us outraged, but I trust he will give us the male's perspective and the male's point of view. Whereas the majority of male comics are fucking bitches because the moment they get female fans, they just, oh, I better censor up my act. I want to offend these ladies. You know? It's not just ladies. It's people. People get offended. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's going to be an issue. No, but like, because think of all the podcasts that are out there. It's just dudes. No wonder they don't like me because I'm with a chick. But they're all bitches because all their podcast is self-censorship just to please women. What are you talking about? A lot of successful podcast comedians have wives. Yes, but not on their podcast with them every day. Only like one or two. No one's seen this yet. No, I'm saying New York City comics, the majority of their podcasts are all just dudes. And I'm doing mine with a chick. I suck. (laughs) But you're my best friend. No. If you get successful, didn't you imagine an all-dude audience or mostly guys? When you got in stand-up comedy, who do you you feel like all women are going to come out to your shows? Um, I would like it to be 50-50. Yeah. But then what I'm saying is we would be the only audience that has 50-50 because the most New York City comics, it's just guys no, with no, no frame of reference because they don't have a woman in their lives. So No, that, no that's, not, that's not accurate. I would say that comedy audiences in general are predominantly male. No, not anymore. Are you fucking kidding? No. No, I'm not kidding. No, go to a well-known club. It's half and half all the time. It's become so right, maybe historic, commercialized. Historically. historically, yes, but okay. commercially, no, not anymore. I'm not talking about commercially. No, I'm just talking about any comedy club will now be... All right, so if you go to a Louis C.K. thing that we went to, what was the ratio there? I, for the ladies, I will not confirm or deny whether I went to Louis C.K. And if I did, it was against my will and not with my consent. (laughs) This is for the ladies. (laughs) See, some guy could actually get that off. That's what's so crazy about women is a guy could literally say, I was forced to be at a Louis C.K. show. And a woman would go, oh my God, that horrible abuser. Yes, and they hold hands and the guy gets the creepy vibes going. Like, a guy could pull that shit off. You make it sound like all men are bitches Yes. And all women are dumb. Yeah. That is what you're saying. That's how it plays out in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Man. 
and here, well, here's, here's why a, I'm, I'm sorry. here's why I'm personally offended by that because I'm not dumb, and I don't think you're a bitch. I'm not, and I don't think you're dumb either. I'm just saying, like, but then for you to say you know, all, all right, women are this I, way you, and you all know, men are that I way, I, ex- I genuinely apologize. It's just networking and stand-up comedy, being around all of those dudes in New York City comedy. All those dudes are bitches. I will stand by that statement. All the majority of male comics are fucking bitches. They're fucking bitches and they suck. They're dudes just they're they could come out as transgender. They just act like women. They're fucking sissies. I hate them in the genocide. But that that's real. That's they are really just bitches. Just emotional and shitty and spiteful and okay, girly. Okay, who, who is not a bitch? What male comic is not a bitch and what female comic is actually cool? Tell us that. Okay, uh, Bill Burr is not a bitch. Um, Joe Rogan, possibly not a bitch. <laughs> Probably. No. Dave Chappelle's not a bitch. Okay. Um, yeah, there's like four. Four dudes that I trust to be real and not be a fucking bitch. There's got to be more. No. Okay. Do you want me to name the bitches? No, thank you. <laughs> You've done that enough on Twitter. Yeah, I really got to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about the females that aren't just dumb? Whitney and... Cummings. She has the ability to analyze situations outside her own personal feelings and outside of gender so much that I feel like she doesn't get enough credit. I feel like people see her as, oh, she's just a woman comic talks, but I feel like she really tries to go the extra length to analyze situations. Um, Jen Kirkson, definitely. But, it, like, she doesn't have to play to a certain demographic. You know what I mean? So it's like she she gets, like, a pass because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't have to please male fans because she's not trying to attract men no not the one i fucked her name no jessica uh-huh you oh, get shit. you you yeah you fucked me because i get you them get, confused they're polar one's opposites a cunt and one's really cool yeah roseanne definitely is not dumb she's crazy as hell but not dumb she's she's just fucking i feel so bad for that shadow that you fucked up to a woman who is fucking hilarious we're talking about the lesbian one yes the older lesbian jewish one she is Is fucking fucking hilarious that's what i'm saying all right also um, what's the other one the something lala pellucci or something adrian oh come on no 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 no, we died laughing i love her. her i think she's great but she does cater to dudes I see How? the tricks. How? I see what female, what bothers her as a woman, but what she lets go because she knows she has a majority of dude audiences. Like chicks have passed on her. Like chicks have passed on her, but dudes are like, oh my God, you got to see this. An actual funny woman comic. Like she what? doesn't, she doesn't do comedy for women. I, I, she does comedy I for dudes. I completely disagree with that. I don't know if it's her choice or I don't know if it's her marketing. No, I think she's genuinely hilarious. And I remember the first time we saw her at the cellar. We've seen her many times. I know, but the first first time we saw her, I was like, well, she's where I learned how to have an extra joke for if a joke doesn't work. Like she had, it was pretty brilliant. I don't know if she, it was just off the cuff, but she had, if she said a joke, 
If the audience loved it, she had a joke for if they loved it. If they hated it, they had a joke if they hated it. If they disagreed, she had a joke if they disagreed. She had a joke to compound every reaction. It was very calculated. And ever since then, that's how I started writing. Neither one of us know her name. Adriana Lopez something. Yeah. <laughs> something. Just a, a Brooklyn chick. A ghetto Brooklyn chick. There you go. Ghetto white Brooklyn chick. That's, there you go. So when we first saw her, the next day I was like, God, we were, we were pissing ourselves laughing. Yeah. It was at the Comedy, Comedy Underground, right? Was it the, They're un- the same to me. But the next day I was like, I wanted to call and be like, who was the girl that yeah. was? And then we didn't. And then like a year went by where I was like, tell me if and when you find her online because yeah. I really want to write her name down. Yeah. This is like three years later. I still don't know her fucking name, but I do follow her. And then yeah. I just saw that she went on tour with Louis C.K. Yeah, well, she went we all saw over her together. Yeah, we saw her together several times. No, but I'm saying she opened for Louis C.K. At, in New Jersey. Oh. Yes. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was a little drunk that she night. She was great. Yeah. But if I end up single in the future, I did not consent to go into that Louis C.K. concert. And mm-hmm. if I was of sound-minded body and not forcibly intoxicated, I would not have given any credence to that person you see how but that's what i'm saying it's like it, you, it's you know what it is male sympathy to women is the female equivalent to women being flirtatious like any woman can convince a guy that they like them like men are that dumb like any woman could be like i think you're really attractive no i think you're cute no you're different from the rest that guy's like oh my god really me because guys don't usually get attention as much as women so a guy is dumb in that regard whereas a woman can be manipulated through sympathy like i think that's what i'm saying female sympathy manipulation is equivalent to male being attractive manipulation okay i can see that yeah there we go like I'm still not to- it's been 5 years and like half a million dollars later and I'm not st- I'm not totally convinced that you like me. <laughs> I know, it's extremely annoying because I don't want to be played for a fool. I'd rather push all the love in the world away than have people be like, "Oh, you thought we liked you." Yeah, you, you wouldn't do the dishes earlier cuz you're like, "I'm not getting Will Smith up in this bitch." But I mean, after I did the scumbag Pete Davidson I don't know the equivalent in that relationship shit. Then I could do the dishes because I made the bet. I order, I align the balance by not caring about your needs. So I put myself back into the uh, boyfriend category and not the husband. You just embarrass yourself on these podcasts. No, it's the truth. Okay. There's husbands and there's boyfriends. I slid too much in the husband category so I had to do some boyfriend shit or side dick stuff. I knew that one would piss you off more. Well, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So you want to just be side dick? Exclusively. Could this be an exclusive? <laughs> Wouldn't it be so fucking crazy if you found out that like I had a family and a three-year-old son and like a one-year-old daughter? Like, wouldn't that be like, like... Yes. You would kill me, right? No, I wouldn't kill you. Like if I had a wife of like 10 years no. and I was just always able to find ways to lie to her. It would it would be kind of sweet, actually. Why? Because I'd be like, wow, he actually does give a fuck about family. 
<laughs> we could end on that if you want. That was fucking great. That was the best. That was one of the best punchlines of it. Okay. You want to do the headphone thing now? <laughs> That's all you give a fuck about this. You said it. <laughs> the, ever since I said that, that's all you've been thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fine. We'll do the headphone thing now. Yeah. Cut the cameras. Oh, you want the cameras? <laughs> you don't want the cameras. <laughs>